Welcome to the Supernatural Life Podcast with Chad Gonzalez, a podcast all about helping you connect with God so you can manifest God to the world. Now, here's your host, Chad Gonzalez. Hey friend, this is Chad Gonzalez. I want to welcome you to this episode of the Supernatural Life Podcast. It's our goal to help you connect with God so you can manifest God to your world. We just finished up the advanced conference. Oh my goodness, it was on fire right here in Tampa, Florida, June 1st and June 2nd. We had around 15 different states represented. People from all over the country came down to Tampa, Florida. We also had several uh, countries that were represented, different pastors that came in. Always such an honor and humble that different pastors would come. Uh, But oh my goodness, it was so good. We had a tremendous service Thursday night. Uh, We had a lady get healed from a wheelchair. We had a man uh, Friday night was deaf in his left ear. He got healed. Several really good testimonies that came from this. Not only healing testimonies, but just great testimonies from people about things that they learn, uh, how they've been growing, listening to healing talks on Tuesdays and uh, going through the Healing Academy. We also announced a big announcement on Thursday night. We're so excited to let you know about Union University. This is coming out, going to be available starting this fall. This is going to be different from the Healing Academy. So the Healing Academy, it is online. Uh, It's an online training, but specifically focused in the area of healing. But we're going to be starting a full-fledged online school going to the fall called Union U, Union University. And we're going to have uh, lots of different instructors in it. We're going to have lots of different classes. Of course, the foundation of it is union, our union with Christ, but we're going to be going into every different area, and so I'm very excited about it. The website for it will be up in July. We'll have more information about it, but just wanted to put it out there to let you know. Be on the lookout for it next month. You'll be able to get more information about it. Also, uh, this month, we're going to be finishing up Module 3 of the Healing Academy, and we'll be knocking out Module 4 and 5 by the end of the summer, and so all five modules will be available at the end of the summer. So the Healing Academy be done, Union University be starting up in the fall, and we're going to be starting on a brand new book uh, this fall on Union as well. Lots of good meetings going on uh, throughout the country this summer, so make sure you go to our website, our brand new website if you haven't seen it, but there's a uh, link there for schedule. Just click on that and you can see everywhere that we're going to be this summer, and hopefully we'll be in an area near you. If we're not, if we're even remotely close, we'd love to see you there. I can't tell you how honored and, and, and humbled I am and all of the people who have been traveling and coming to our meetings uh, throughout the U.S. It, it just humbles me so much for people to come up and say, hey, Chad, I just want to let you know, you know I'm a partner with you. We live in such and such state. and We flew out here, and we just want to be a part of the meetings. And uh, just, just it, it humbles me and honors me so much. So thank you, guys. Speaking of partners, if you're a partner with Chad Gonzalez Ministries, thank you so very much for all you do. Uh, your prayers and encouragement and support and helping us take this message literally all over the world uh, through various avenues and resources. And we just couldn't do it without our dream team. If you'd like to be a part of the dream team, you can simply go to chadgonzalez.com and you can click on the give or the partner link and you can find out more information about that. Hey, I want to talk to you this month about something. I've talked about it before in various meetings. I don't know that we've just specifically touched on it, uh, I know we, we haven't talked about it specifically on the Supernatural Life podcast, but it came up during the service, during the advanced conference the other day, and I just felt led to go this way with it. So if you would, if you have your Bible, if you would turn to 1 Peter chapter 2, 
and verse 24. Now, it's interesting if you look at our world, the thing that has been the, the top headlines in our culture for the last, uh, last year or two, especially, has been in the area of identity. You know, we're in a stage where I, I never thought we would be in my 46 years. I never thought we'd be in a place where we would have to debate whether someone that was born a girl is actually a boy or someone that was born biologically a boy is actually a girl. I didn't think we'd ever be at that place in our culture, in our world, but we are. And yet, in one sense, we shouldn't think it odd because this is the way the devil has operated. This is what he's done since the very beginning. He's gone after identity. When you look at Adam and Eve in the garden, he was getting Eve because Eve was the one that was, the Bible says she was deceived. She didn't know who she was. And God in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 27 and, and 26 and 27, uh, he shows them what they're like. He tells them what they're like. They're made in the image of God. Well, Eve is standing near the tree, looking at the tree, and what does Satan do? Tells her, hey, if you'll do this, if you'll eat of the tree, it'll make you like God. So he was getting her to question her identity. It's always been about identity. And if you look at Jesus in the wilderness, and Satan is tempting Jesus, what is he tempting about? If you're truly the son of God, you know, do this, do that. He's going after his identity. It's always been about identity. Why? Because if you don't know who you are, then, then you can't walk out the plan of God for your life. If you don't know who you are, you can't access the things that Jesus has for you. If you don't know who you are in him, then you're going to be looking at the one you see in the mirror. And the problem is the one you see in the mirror is not you. That's just your body. You cannot look to your physical body to tell you who you are in Christ. And so I want to, with that in mind, I want you to look at 1 Peter 2.24. Probably what we would consider the most well-known healing scripture in the New Testament. If you were to ask the average Christian who is aware of 1 Peter 2.24, if you were to ask him what it says, most of them would say, well, that's easy. By the stripes of Jesus, you were healed. And that's partially true, but 1 Peter 2.24 says this, Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sin, would live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Right? Now, if you're listening to this episode, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm assuming you probably read the scripture, you probably know the scripture, if you're listening to our podcast. This is a pretty pretty well-known popular scripture, especially in the spirit-filled, charismatic world and where divine healing is taught. Uh, but even when it isn't, uh, most denominations still talk about this, but talking about it from a forgiveness standpoint. But the point I want to go at it with this, this month is, is from this stance. When healing is taught, whether it's in a book, church, especially, especially church services, uh, let's just get more specific. In a, in, a, in a healing service or a service that's, that's being focused on healing and they use this scripture, you'll, you will be told over and over and over again for 45 minutes or an hour that Jesus already paid the price for your healing. Jesus already paid the price for your healing, that by the stripes of Jesus, you were healed. You need to consider yourself to be healed. You need to see yourself as healed, right? And they'll tell you, by whose stripes you were healed. If you were healed, that means you are healed. Present tense, right? I mean, I can't tell you how many services I've been 
I've sat in and I've heard the message on healing and you're being told over and over again, the entire service, that healing is already yours. It's already taken care of. It's already bought for, paid for. It's already done deal. And you need to see yourself as healed. And the preacher will go on and on and on like that for the whole, whole majority of the message. And then what we do, and we see this all the time, we'll see 1 Peter 2.24 used. And then what we see happen is, in many, many cases, they'll take us back over to Mark chapter 5. Now, in Mark chapter 5, you find the story about Jairus, whose daughter was ill. Uh, Jairus comes to Jesus to get Jesus to come to his house. And then in the midst of Jesus going to Jairus' house, there's a woman who shows up. And she comes to Jesus, and she touches him to get her healing. You see, there's 19 individual cases of healing in the Gospels where Jesus is ministering to someone. The vast majority of those, it's people who come to Jesus. And then in about three or four, it's people that Jesus goes to himself. But probably the most well-known individual case of healing, and especially probably the most used when it comes to uh, healing for the believer, the Christian, is Mark chapter 5, the woman with the issue of blood. So you have Matthew, and then you have Mark. And in Mark chapter 5, you have Jairus that comes to Jesus. And then in verse 25, you find where the woman comes in and her story begins. Mark chapter 5 and verse 25 says, A certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. She suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but she rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and she touched his garment. For she said, If only I may touch his clothes, I will be made well. And immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, he turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And Jesus said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. So this story is, is taught on and talked about a lot when it comes to healing. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up in relation to 1 Peter 2, 24 is because, again, 1 Peter 2, 24 says, By the stripes of Jesus, you were healed. That it's a done deal, it's past tense, and then it's taught that it's already taken care of, you need to see yourself as healed. And then we will look at Mark chapter 5, the woman with the issue of blood, and then this is preached on and taught on and used as the example of how to receive healing. Now, first of all, I have to ask you this question. If 1 Peter 2.24 is true, if by the stripes of Jesus you were healed, my first question to you is this, then why am I teaching you how to get healed? I mean, isn't that a legitimate question? If you're being told that you're healed, then why am I going to tell you how to get healed? If I'm teaching you how to get healed, then it's because I don't believe that you are healed. And what is happening here is we are creating an identity disorder in the church. Now, see, in the church, we will make fun of, we will criticize, we will, we will talk against those who are struggling and understanding who they are. And rightfully, I mean, there's serious mental issues going on within the world. They're trying to figure out if they're a boy or a girl. They can't even tell that out by looking at their physical body. 
But I mean, there, there's serious issues going on there. But within the church, you know, we're going against that. And I'm not saying that it's right or wrong. But what I'm saying is we're not recognizing the identity disorder that's going on in the church. You see, what is, what is happening here is that we are p- taking people to, to stories like the woman with the issue of blood and looking at other instances of people who came to Jesus. And we're telling the believer, look at these examples. This is how you get healed. But friend, you have to understand that I am not the woman with issue of blood. I'm not Jairus. I'm none of these people that's going to Jesus trying to get a healing. The woman with the issue of blood is a tremendous example of how the sinner gets healed. Why is that? Because number one, every single instance, all 19 individual cases of healing that take place in the Gospels, every single one of them are sinners. They are sinners. They are not believers. They're not filled with God. They're not redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. They weren't raised up, made to sit down at the right hand of God in Christ in heavenly places. They are sinners. They are not the righteousness of God. They are sinners. They do not have a covenant of grace with God based on the blood of Jesus. They are sinners. And yet, within those stories, there are wonderful, wonderful faith principles for which we can live by, but these people are sinners. So why would I tell you that by the stripes of Jesus you were healed, that healing is already yours and you've already got it, and then I take you over here and I get you to look at people who don't have healing and say, this is how you get your healing. Do you see how warped this is? That I'm telling you that you've already got it, but then I take you to look at these people that don't have it and get you to identify with people who don't have it so you can follow their example of how to get it. Well, we as the ministers, we the preachers, we need to figure out which side we're on. Do we believe that the believer is already healed and they already have it, or do we not? If we don't believe that they have it, then yeah, let's keep going down this road of getting the believers to identify as a sinner on how to get healed. But if I do believe that healing is already mine, you're already the healed of the Lord, then I need to stop getting you to look at the sinner on how to get healed. Either you have it or you don't. See, the problem is we as the ministers, for the most part, we don't even believe what we say. We're telling people that that you're already healed, that healing is already done, and then we're trying to get you to identify with the sinner. So what we're first telling you to do is identify as a saint, that you're the healed of the Lord. And then a minute later, we tell you to identify with a sinner who doesn't have the healing, but this is how you get your healing. Friends, it doesn't work that way. We are creating a dissociative disorder. We're creating identity disorders in the church at the same time that we are criticizing the world for having their own identity disorder. Do you see how jacked up this is? This is insane what we're doing. We are getting the saint to identify as a sinner. Every time that you get the the saint and you get them to identify with the sinners who come to Jesus for healing and tell them this is how you get your healing, this is how you receive your healing, you are getting them to identify as a sinner. And in many ways, it's far worse than the, the person looking at a sinner that's sinning. You're, you are creating an identity disorder. We are creating identity disorders with people and getting them to see themselves on the side of the curse. We're getting saints 
and trying to get them to step back over into the realm of which they have been delivered from by Jesus. We are we're trying to undo what Jesus did. Jesus, it says in Colossians, that he set us free. He redeemed us. He took us out of the hands of Satan. He took us out of the kingdom of darkness, and he translated us over into the kingdom of light. But the moment you begin to get the saint to identify with the sinner, you are taking them by the hand and taking them back over into the kingdom of darkness. You're taking them back over into the realm of the curse, and you're getting, to, getting them to live there and look back, back over across that chasm to Jesus and teaching them how to get back over there and take what Jesus already took. Friends, we've got to stop the madness. There's a reason that we're not seeing healing taking place in the church like we should. Why is that? Because we are creating an identity disorder within people. We are getting the saints to view themselves as a sinner. I mean, it's just about as simple as it gets. If I'm going to teach the saint to identify with a woman with the issue of blood, if I'm going to teach the saint to identify as the leper, to identify as the blind person, to identify with whatever, I am getting them to identify as a sinner. And you know what that's going to cause? It's going to cause the saint to get into work mode. It's going to cause the saint to step out of grace, and it's going to cause them to step over into works because now they're going to view themselves as not having healing. They're going to view themselves as outside of Christ. See, that's the whole madness of the thing. You and I, when we received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, I became one with him. I'm no longer the woman with the issue of blood trying to get to Jesus to get my healing. I am a man in Christ. I'm a man with Christ in me. I am a man filled with the Christ, filled with his life, filled with his anointing, filled with his healing power, having his life flow in, on the inside of me, flowing in my veins and every cell of my being. I'm not trying to get to him. He got in me. So why would I teach somebody how to get to Jesus? How would I, why would I teach somebody to identify with someone who is separated from Christ? Friend, you'll find this. If, if, if you've been following us for a while, if you haven't been paying attention or you come to our services, you'll find out in our healing services, I'm not teaching healing the way that it's normally taught. I'm not going through all these examples and getting people to identify with a sinner. Never once do I even go to any of these individual cases of healing and use this to teach people how to get healed. Friend, I don't teach people how to get healed. Why? Because I actually believe what the Bible says in 1 Peter 2, 24, that healing is already mine. I actually believe that through redemption, healing is a done deal. So instead of teaching people how to get healed, I teach people who they are. And I do not teach people that they are sinners. I teach people that they are one with Christ. And friend, that right there is why we see so many wonderful miracles everywhere that we go, regardless of the denomination, regardless of the size of the church, regardless of the state, regardless of the country, regardless of the continent, the word of God is the same. And the gospel of Jesus is so, so simple. And we have overcomplicated it. How have we complicated it? Because we are getting people to look at themselves. We're teaching people to see themselves as separated from Christ. And the moment you become separated from Christ, you are lacking. The moment you become separated from Christ, you're trying to get to him. The moment you become separated from Christ, you start depending on a formula and steps and keys. Friends, you don't need formulas and steps and keys. All you need to do is identify with him. That's all you got to do. You need to understand your union with him. Friend, you'll see that on, on the other side of the cross, before salvation was ava made available, 
Jesus was teaching people and telling them to believe. But on this side of the cross, on the other side of redemption, on the other side of this, you find the Apostle Paul not telling people to believe for their healing or believe for the. He's telling them, Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6, as you have received Christ, now walk in him. In other words, when you got born again, you received all that heaven has to offer. That's Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. And so because you have received it already, what do you need to do? You just need to walk in it. You need to walk in what you have. But again, if you're being told you don't have it, then you're going to be in work mode trying to get it. And that is where Satan has been laughing his butt off for decades and decades and decades and centuries because the church is being taught this is what you need to do to get it. This is what you need to do to get your healing. Here's your steps. Here's your keys. Here's your formulas. You're not the healed. I mean, we're telling you that you are healed, but then we're going to take you to look at people who aren't healed and get you to look at them as an example on how to get healed, even though I just told you before you are already healed. It's mass confusion, and it is the reason we're not seeing the results that we should be. We're basically making believers turn into a dog chasing their tail, going round and round and round and round and round, doing all this stuff, trying to get their miracle, and yet nothing is going to happen. Why? God cannot give you what he already gave you. And what we're seeing happening in the church has been going on for a long time now is that the church right now is in the very same place that Eve was standing there at the tree, already made the righteousness of God, already the healed of the Lord, but they don't realize it, they don't understand it, because the people behind the pulpit has been telling them that you're already healed, but here's what you need to do. Look at the sinner so you can get healed. And it's no different than Satan standing right there in front of Eve saying, hey, if you'll just do this, you'll become like God. And yet it was a great deception because why? She already was like God. God made her in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. God made her to be like him, but she didn't know it. And so what did she do? She began to work to become what she already was. And as a result, she lost it. Is it possible that that is what is going on in the church right now? The church as a whole does not know who they are and what they have. And as a result, they are working to try to get it. And because they're working to try to get it, they've lost it. And they see themselves as separated from Christ instead of seeing themselves one with Christ. Friend, I'm telling you, if you will just understand union, if you'll understand truly what happened through redemption, the work goes away. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, the apostle Paul said, It's no longer I who lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who died and gave his life for me. I will not set aside the grace of God. Friend, the moment that you separate yourself from Christ, you just stepped outside of the grace of God and you stepped into the works of you. That's powerful and it's so simple. It is the message. It is the gospel, Christ in you. If you'll just grab a hold of that, it makes everything else so very simple. Well, praise the Lord. Man, that got me fired up. I'm so excited right now. We just got to get this stuff fixed. And I'm telling you, the answer is so simple. You identify with Christ, and that's when you begin to truly understand who you truly are. Praise God. Well, thank you again for joining us for this episode of the Supernatural Life Podcast. Again, if you are a partner with Chad Gonzalez Ministries, thank you so very much for all your prayers, encouragement, support. We pray for you daily. If you'd like to be a partner with Chad Gonzalez Ministries and join the Dream Team, you can very simply go to chadgonzalez.com and go to the Giving and Partner link. 
We love you guys so very much. Thank you for all that you do. And thank you for being a part of the team. We're so excited to get to do ministry with you all around the world. God bless you, friend. Remembering Christ, we always win. We'll talk to you next month in another episode of the Supernatural Live Podcast.